Okay, so Des, where are we? Okay, we're at the corner um, of Parliament Street and the Keys. And this is the, where Dublin 8 starts. The first building in Dublin 8 on this side is um, Sunlight Chambers building, which was built in 1900. Okay, um, I run a Facebook page called Dublin 8. I started it, um, I think, about five years ago, um, just as a, a personal project just to amuse myself. I'm interested in the neighbourhood, um, interested in the history of the buildings, the streets and the houses. So um, I just used Facebook as a platform to publish photographs and, and gather information, local stories and put them together and uh, I just very soon found that other people were interested in too and I was getting a lot of likes and uh, shares and all those other things, clicks and hearts and thumbs up and everything on Facebook so that encouraged me to keep it going and at the moment I have um, about 3,400 people following the page and um, I'm getting a uh, great reaction from it. Wow. Parliament uh, Street and the Keys and this is the, where Dublin 8 starts the first building in Dublin 8 on this side is um, Sunlight Chambers building which was built in 1900 and is very typical of um, I kind of sums up the Victorian ideal about self-improvement so this building was built by the Lever Brothers who um, were involved in the soap industry they were manufacturers of soap and if you look up above the first floor level, you can see um, a carvings. And it's called a frieze, that is the word for these. And it um, depicts the history of hygiene. So you can see how people wash themselves and clean themselves and clean their clothes over the centuries. Um, you can see people using uh, horses to turn wheels to st- uh, as a way of... Um, squeezing the water out of clothes and getting them dry um, and it's just, it's just very interesting it's very typical of, uh, of the Victorian ideal of self-improvement and, um, what, what's there what's here now? I think it's the solicitors or something solicitors um, I guarantee you they have no idea of the history of the building it's quite possible they have no <laughs> idea of where they, where they actually are yeah cool so where's next? ok I'm going to bring you into the old medieval city and we're going to look for the uh, the remains of the medieval wall cool. of the city. Let's go. Yes, well, I got a new camera and I, I didn't really know what to do um, with it. Um, I know I could take photographs with it, but then what do you do with the photographs? They're stuck on your camera. So um, I suppose it was around the same time that Facebook was starting up and people were getting popular and people were usually putting their, their photographs up on Facebook, which was great because you could then share them with people and people could see what, what you're doing. But you don't want to be putting photographs up on your own Facebook every single day. I mean, people pretty much get pretty tired of that. <laughs> so um, I decided to just create a different page and uh, just group all my photographs together on a page. And that's really how it started. It just went from there. Uh, once I saw that other people were interested, that just gave me the encouragement to keep, keep at it. It took a, a couple of years to get going, really. There was one particular moment, though, when it really took off is when I found an old photograph of an ice rink that used to be in Dolphin's Barn. I think it might have shut down around in the 1980s. Um, and I just put a picture of it and I asked a question, a simple question, does anyone remember the ice rink? And I got inundated with replies and memories and nostalgia. And um, that really was the moment where it took off. Since then I've been gaining new followers um, on a weekly basis. But 
yes, it did take it, something like that to just spark it off. And I have gone from 100 people following the page to 1,000 people following the page within a week or so. It's, it's nice, it's still exciting when I, I get uh, <laughs> likes now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice kind of a pat on the back when you, <laughs> you see what people, people like what you're doing. Okay, so here we are, we're on Exchange Street and we're looking at Isolde's Tower. And Isolde's Tower would have been the, um, the, the eastern end of the uh, old city, the medieval city. The medieval city was enclosed by a wall, um, a, a defensive wall, and at various points there was towers. Now this area of the city was, um, became very derelict in the 80s and a lot of new buildings were then built in the 90s and when this building here which is an apartment block I believe was being built they discovered the foundations of its oldest tower and you can still see it because they've constructed the apartment block in such a way that you can actually look from the street uh, down to the foundations of the city wall now it's not much to look at and it certainly could be tidied up a bit and brightened up a bit but at least it's there and you can see it and um, it gives a good indication of um, where the city started and it also gives you a good in- indication of how the city has risen up as as buildings are built and roads are built mm-hmm. over the centuries that the level of the city actually rises and by looking down there you can see just about how much it has risen up I've been interested in history for as long as I can remember. Um, the, maybe the first inklings of it came in 1988 when Dublin celebrated its millennium. I remember I was in primary school at the time and um, we got a lot of projects to do. There was a lot of things in the newspapers. and That might have sparked my interest in the antiquity of Dublin and how far it went back and um, how much evidence there is around the present-day city for, for how old the place is. A lot of the street patterns of this part of the city um, are pretty much the same as they were a thousand years ago and you can still walk on the very same streets. Um. We're on Fish Amble Street. This is probably the oldest street in Dublin and we're um, standing at the spot where Handel's Messiah was first performed. There used to be a theatre here called Neil's Theatre. It has sadly disappeared, apart from um, the entrance hall, or the, the gate, I suppose, to the entrance hall, which remarkably has still survived. If you look inside the gate, you can see a, a statue um, of an exultant performer who marks probably the very spot where Handel performed the Messiah. Um, the, it was first performed here in 1742. Yeah. It was a huge event in the city. Um, it is still commemorated here. Um, I think every April the Messiah or part of the Messiah is performed in this spot. And why was there such an event? Apparently this new um, musical performance of the, of the Messiah was broke all the rules oh. of um, music at the time. Um, the dean of St. Patrick's Cathedral at the time was Jonathan Swift, who's quite a modern thinker, but he disapproved of it. He thought it was ungodly. He wouldn't allow it to be performed in the cathedral. Um, And that's why it was performed in a common theatre here, which is called Neil's Music Hall. Well, 
Well, I suppose the surprising thing for me is um, how interested other people are in the same things that I'm interested in. Mm. If I ever put up something with a slight mistake or a, or a gap, um, you know, a bit of information missing, it's, it, it's quite quickly that people respond to me and help me out and just, um, fill in the blanks. Um, I get a lot of um, nostalgia, people talking about it. Yes, I remember that in my day or... Um, just recently, um, I put up a post about a, an old school, an old convent in Black Pits, and two women who went to school together in the 50s found each other through, through that post. Wow. So um, it's uh, hopefully that, that brought a, that kind of gave me a very warm feeling that I'd actually, it's the cause of two people reconnecting after 50 years, which was, which was very nice. So, okay, Christchurch could claim to be the very centre of the of the medieval town. We are on a, a ridge, so if we look around us, we're we, we're kind of looking down Dame Street, down Fishamble Street, and down Wine Tavern Street on the other side, and maybe down Thomas Street too. Um, the Vikings, when they came here, would have picked the high point of the city to build their church. Churches are usually built on the highest point of any town. So this church has been here right from the beginning. What we're looking at doesn't look like it's, it, it comes from that era because it's been rebuilt several times. So it's very hard to actually say what date any part of it was built because it's been added to and repaired and refurbished many times. But the, it is, the church has been this point continuously for uh, at least a thousand years. There, are, there is a crypt downstairs. Um, the only mummies I know down there are a cat and a rat that were um, discovered in an organ. Got naturally mummified because the cat, the rat must have run up the or- pipes of the organ and the cat chased it and got stuck and um, it got naturally mummified and they're on display down there. They're known to most people as Tom and Jerry and uh, Tom and Jerry are actually mentioned in James Joyce's Ulysses. You can go in and see it if you want. I think it's six euro to visit the uh, Christchurch Cathedral. What I liked about the, uh, the idea of Dublin 8 is because I can. it's very easy for me to draw a boundary around Dublin 8. If I was to pick another area, say uh, the Liberties or you know, medieval Dublin, those areas aren't, are difficult to define and people have different ideas of where those areas actually are. From my point of view, it's easy to define. Apart from that, Dublin 8 I consider to be the historic quarter of Dublin city, and um, so I just think it's the richest part of Dublin in terms of uh, history and stories, and it just it had the most potential for setting up a project like this. As we look across the road, we can see the, the Lord Edward pub, which is a, a, f- a fine example of a Victorian pub. If you're looking for a quiet pint in uh, this area of the city, it's quite difficult to find, especially in Temple Bar, but if you can go in there, you will um, you will find a pub that has hardly changed in uh, about 200 years. It's named after Lord Edward. Lord Edward was uh, one of the leaders of the 1798 rebellion and he has strong connections with this a- area. He was uh, hiding in Thomas Street while he was planning the rising. But he probably wasn't hiding very well because he used to pop out to visit his wife uh, regularly and word got around that he was hiding here and he was up to no good. So one day the British army raided his house, found him asleep in bed. He tried to take him away but he resisted he shot one of the shoulders he stabbed another one who died and he got shot himself um, if you got shot in those days 
if you didn't die from the bullet, you would probably die soon enough from the wound and the infections. And that's what happened to Lord Edward. He um, was taken away to Dublin Castle. He was put in prison and he died in, uh, within a few weeks of, um, of his wounds. So as a revolutionary, he was quite a failure. But his, uh, the Irish like to kind of glorify noble failures like this. And his name lives on here. regular basis I'd be walking into town and or walking around the neighborhood and um, I just keep my eyes open if I see a building or I see a street with a funny name or I see an old house that might look like it had seen better days but it might have been a beautiful house in the past and um, it's from that it's just a matter of um, researching it see if there's any information on the internet anything written about it So I have a, a kind of a, a process where I um, go through the streets in my head and I try and think, is there anything on this street that I could talk about? Um, and um, I, so far I haven't run out of streets and I haven't <laughs> run out of stories. And... <laughs>